Good morning, Grinders. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and it's Monday. It's Monday, July fourth. Happy Independence Day. And you know what we do on Mondays uh, when there is sports? Uh, we we bring on James McCool. Mondays with McCool. James McCool, the co-author, with me. On the theory of daily fantasy sports. It's a 15-hour DFS audio masterclass that you can pick up at theoryofdfs.com. And James, you said you said before you weren't expecting to do a show on the, the 4th of July, but we got baseball today. There's stuff going on. We won't have a show during the All-Star break because then there's really nothing going on. Uh, but uh, what's been going on with you? Uh, I've been working exceptionally hard on, on everything. Um, I have been focusing on putting together videos for my community conversations playlist over on YouTube. Uh, and the most recent one was actually uh, really good and really applicable to stuff that we do with Theory DFS, where I was talking about um, building lineups based on contests and focusing on lineups that actually have win equity and, and lineups that have uh positive expected value for the contests and i did this like this it okay so first it came from a coaching session that i did uh a couple days prior where i was talking to somebody and they're like yeah i mean i, I have great one percent finishes and i have uh I, i'm playing well and i know that i'm like winning and but when i win i'm winning by like 20 and when i'm losing i'm losing by like 20 and i'm like okay so you have great one percent finishes and he did he was at like two percent one percent finishes or something which is ridiculous and i i did let him know and he understands that that's going to regress but two percent is terrific um but the problem was that he was building lineups that should be in much larger contests and so when he's putting these lineups in the hundred man contests it's like yeah it's cool if you win by 20 you feel like a legend but uh that contest would be much better suited for like a 1000 man contest where you need to have that score in order to actually you know realize you're leaving money on the table yeah you're leaving money on the table so i i did this uh this great little drawing of um i had i went into microsoft paint in in the in the coaching session i went into microsoft paint and i drew a little scale of a gpp in the finishing places and then i did like here's your lineup that is finishing it can finish way over where you actually need it to finish and here's a lineup that you should be making that lets you still win the GPP. It still has the upside to win the GPP, but it's not wasting all of this win equity. You're not leaving all of this money on the table when you end up do winning. Um, so that that came forward. And then I built out a little simulation program to simulate two different lineups with uh, with a ceiling and a, and a median expectation that was um, normal. And then one that was a lower median expectation with a higher ceiling. And I demonstrated, it, it was this whole thing, but uh, basically it was, um, it's really good video. You should go watch it if you haven't already. I have a link to it over on my Twitter, but um, that's mostly what I've been focusing on. Trying to put together more videos, do more video content, and obviously continue the never-ending fight with engagement for the site. And also working on the Excel tools for the new version, the sequel for advanced players version of uh, the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I actually, I finished all of the, uh, all of one part of it, and now I'm on to like the harder stuff that needs to be built. So I finished all the easy stuff. But, yeah, but um, for you, for, for anything, everything's easy for you to in Excel, right? Well, it, there, there's, there's levels to it, right? Like there, there are certain things where it's like, okay, I can just use this framework for like seven different things that I'm building here, which by the way, um, I tallied up all the things that we are building and this tool or this set of tools is going to have, here's my checklist. So we're going to have, looks like 17 different tools included in this. I'm done with nine of them. You're done so with nine. Yeah. Now we're just, some of them are all sport. That depends on the sport or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we have that there there's one cohort. I, I kind of broke it up into two different cohorts. There's one set that is all just like the same framework and that's 11 different uh, spreadsheets and applications. And then there are another six that are like 
they don't have anything to do with each other. So that's kind of what I mean. The the easy stuff was putting together that one cohort of things where it's like, yeah, I can just use the same basic framework for all of these things. And now I have moved on to, I have to build an entirely new thing every single time, but I already have two of those things done anyway. So. Okay. Um, maybe, maybe we could show off some of it on, on, on the show. I mean, especially, especially when it comes out, I mean, we're looking for this to be released in about a month or so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a little yeah. bit under a month. We wanted the end of this month, so. Well, I don't know. I don't. Know. I'm. I'm going. I'm going to a wrestling thing at the end of the month. So you are so yeah. selfish with that. Going to a wrestling thing and. Well, I, I had to, I, I had to make it up to myself for not making the MMA live final. The people need their second their second edition of Theory D. Uh, as long as it's before football season. Well, the first week of August, that'll be fine. That's true. What am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to go, be true. away for three uh, days. So you you missed the MMA. Live Right to take tech support calls or something. I I, I can't be. I can't do that. <laughs> so you uh you missed the MMA live final. Tell me about that. Well, I I I we had to do another tiebreaker, right? So we had we had the second tiebreaker, which was a two out of four, mm-hmm. right? Me and McLovin played the same lineup. One of our opponents beat us, and one didn't. So that means we had. We tied for the second spot out of a two out of four. So basically, DraftKings guy emailed us and said, well, there's no one. We're not holding off round two right of it. So you guys want to do an MLB slate on Tuesday? Sure. And then I lost that by nine points. And all I needed was for Robbie Ray to just get, not get 20 points, and he got 29. That's a truly we, tragic. We played a three. It was a we played a three v three against each other. Yeah. And it's not like I didn't I didn't know what the lineups were, right? That it, it really came down to the the cheap hitter, the cheap outfielder. He played Kyle Garlick, and I played Rob Revsteiner, and Garlick got six points, and Revsteiner got twenty one. But the only difference is that I we we had a I had Votto at first, and Wheeler at starting pitcher, and he had Robbie Ray and Freddie Freeman. That was that was the three. Every every other slot was the same. Yeah. So that was the three v three, and uh, and, and Ray got twenty nine points at late, and then that's it. Yep. Done. And then what? Tur- what? What? Even even worse. The lineup that I would have played in in the round two contest would have gotten me in. It also would have been. Du- it also would have been duped five times. It's <laughs> it's, it's, it's the same. It's the same lineup that McLovin. And it's four people, uh, six people, now six people, no, five people played that line, or four people, four people played the line, out of thirty, right? So, and all four, and it, they they finished five, six, seven. They finished six, seven, eight, nine. So, had I played instead, we wouldn't have even needed a tiebreaker. That's that's truly tragic. I'm okay. so sorry for your loss. It is what it is. Yeah. So I'm going to go down to a wrestling convention. I'm going to Nashville. I'm be in your area. Hey, cool, good. Sort of your area. I'm yeah. not going to Clarksville. Yeah, you uh, you hate Clarksville. You've made that very clear to both Margaret and I multiple times. <laughs> I uh, I played the MMA slate last week. I. Uh, well, did you play small field or large field? Played large field. I was through one in the main contest. Um, Mostly, you, threw, you basically threw one large field GPP lineup in. Yeah, mostly just just testing out my model and making sure that I'm like keeping things honest, you know. Okay, um, so what 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 was the lineup that you played? So I I played. I had a chalk combo of uh, Duplessis and Sean O'Malley and Jalen Turner. So I had those three. Um, Sean O'Malley, obviously, the disqualification there sucks, but it is what it is. Well, it wasn't it was a no contest, but whatever. And but knowing that they the fight was stopped and. No one gets yeah. any points. Yeah, it's it sucks. But I, I also had uh, Alex Perriera. If right, Pereira. Pereira, sure. I had Ian Gary and I had Jared Kananye. Um, which was why'd you play that lineup? Uh, it only it only had one approximate dupe, and I how many how many dupes did it actually have? How much salary did it spend? I spent forty nine six, and I was not duped. Oh, you weren't duped with that lineup. I was not duped. Really? Yeah, really. Because you didn't have either of the Volkanovsky or Holloway, right? Yeah, the the big. That's, that's thing. A, it's a it's a weird way. Thinking of the lineup, this this is a good, this is a good representation of 
how you could like that. The ownership sum of that lineup is probably fairly high, and yeah. it's forty nine six. Yeah. So it's a little off of fifty thousand, but like, like you're naming players that were like Sean O'Malley was forty four percent owned. Jalen Turner was forty five percent owned. Alex Duplessis was fifty percent like owned. Yeah. Uh, uh, Alex Pereira was twenty five. And then Gary was 22 and Cannoneer was like 14 or something like yeah. that. And a main event underdog. So it's not like you'd, like people are going to, if they need, they're going to go down there. Like from an ownership sum perspective, it's like you would figure a combination of Duplessis, Turner, Pereira, O'Malley. Like, well, that would be a dupe. Yeah, you would think like, so. You would think so, but it's not because you left 400 on the table. Mm-hmm. And you're not playing like the chalkiest fight on the slate, which was was the co-main event. Yep. So like in in uh, in your in your tool mm-hmm. that because we're we're making this is going to be a tool as part of uh, theory of DFS yeah. for advanced players. Did your did your did your did your Excel spreadsheet say dupes one? Yep. Okay, because mine would mine the combination of the fi- the fighters would have probably said like. Probably would have said average dupes like five or six or something like that. So let's see. Let's go get this uh, contest link. Because because what you're doing in your sheet is that you're adjusting for salary also. So in the yeah um, in the main contest in the main big twenty five dollar uh, I right, would which is thirty five thousand entries. I had a projection of two dupes on this. Okay. In the uh, contest that I played, because I, I played the the second one, I played the fifty k to first twenty dollar, which is eighty eight hundred entries. Yeah, so that that easily unique. Yeah, yeah. but even in the large, even in the super large one, uh, only two approximate dudes. And I, right, I think but what what's the what, what what was the ownership sum of of those fighters? Ownership sum of these fighters was let's see. write it out because i still have my ownership projection right 50 45 i mean it has to be high i mean 180 195 195 like i wasn't even playing lineups that had it had an ownership of 195 total mm-hmm. and the ownerships and the ownership product is fairly high also so like on my combo calculator like it would probably come up th- like average dupe six to eight or something like that. It, it would have it would have said ten if we'd have known all the ownership beforehand. Beforehand, it would have said ten. Okay, it would have said ten. Yeah, yeah but, but like I, I always say, average dupes because it's like average amount of the time, but you have to really, really uh, adjust for salary. Yeah, and and one of the the big constraints here. So the way that I go about it is. Um, I do an ownership sum, but then I also take, I have two other variables in there. And one of them takes into account the percentile of like what, what percentile the chalk is. So like if somebody is 45% owned and they're the top projected ownership, then they're a one, obviously they're hundred percent percentile. Um, and then I do that for each one of the ownership projections. And then I also have another global variable in there that takes into account the amount of uh, salary spent. Right. So um, those three things have proven to be really, really, really effective in projecting dupes uh, and and projecting dupes in a way that is more precise and just as directionally accurate as doing it with an ownership sum. And when well, I did it, has it, to be much, it, much more precise than ownership sum or product. Yeah, by a lot. Yeah. So because I, I do that by eye. So, for instance, when I build lineups, I'll build, build 300 lineups that all fit. You know, and I, I'll eliminate high ownership product lineups. I'll obviously make groups to get rid of all the combinations that are essentially like 99% of lineups will be duped. But I start with the salary. So I'll start with a 50,000. I'll, I'll sort by salary and then remove lineups that like, nope, this is like the ownership sum has to be way lower on a 50,000 a 50, K lineup yeah. than anything else. So, like, if your ownership sum was one ninety five and fifty thousand, yeah, that you throw that out. Like, that's yeah. going to be too too much. Yeah. But if the ownership sum was one twenty five and fifty thousand, you could get probably only get that on maybe fourteen, fifteen fight 
slates, yeah. like cards with a lot of fighters. Like those would be fun. Like you would say, oh, it spends all the money and it has two chalky fighters in it and it, it can still be unique mm-hmm. based on that. But like the higher the salary you go, the, high, the higher the ownership sum is, you could throw you could throw those out. So like I go through and I go, well, here's a lineup because I had some lineups. The ownership product, if I put it all together, would say average dupes eight. Mm-hmm. And then I look and it's like, it's a 48-7 lineup. It's like, yes, it contains four fairly owned fighters, but it leaves 1,300 on the table and contains two, you know, 15% owned fighters that most people are going to move up from those fighters to someone else that's 20 plus percent owned. And like my combo calculator still says that's like average dupes four, five. But it's like, I look at this and I go, I think this is more like unique. Maybe it's duped twice. And typically that's the case because the lower the salary, there's just less lineups that are being made at those salaries. Right. And at the higher salaries, there are more lineups being made. Yeah. If you would have, if you would have known the exact uh, ownerships here, then it would have projected for 14 dupes in, in my projection calculator. But it still came in less than that. Because of that combination, because people didn't have Jared, uh, I don't know how to say his last name. I'm still right. learning fighters, but like the the cheap main event guy, people didn't have him. And if people were going with uh, the combination of Duplessis and Turner and O'Malley, they were likely going with Holloway. So you're cutting out, you know, with right, Ken- right. If you just change Cannonier to Holloway, your dupes go from like two or three to like fifty eight. Yeah, if if I do that, it goes to seventy four. Right, <laughs> just right. that change. So, I, it's it's a really really cool tool, and it is something that I'm really excited to give people when we do launch this, is because you can. Th- this is going to be usable not only for MMA, but it's going to be usable for any showdown contest, and that's where it's like the most powerful is being able to like look into say for NFL showdown specifically, putting in a lineup and saying, oh well. You know, in a in a fifty thousand person contest, this is going to be duped two hundred times. Don't play that. And, and even you know, I was showing this off in the Discord of saying, here is the highest projected dupe lineup. It's projected to be duped one hundred and ninety times in the main contest. Do not play this lineup. Um, and like, that's good advice to give too. Is is being able to show that, and uh, you know, m- maybe not give people the best plays, but definitely give people the worst plays to avoid. You know, right? And this is all that also assumes they have you have a accurate ownership project. Right. Yeah. And this card, I thought this card was kind of hard to project. I can't. Well, I, Duplessis, I had projected at thirty eight. He came in at fifty percent on. I'd Turner at like thirty three, and he came in forty five percent on. Yeah. So like those are the two big ones that like. I predicted them to be owned, but not, I mean, not jammed. Yeah. My, my big misses, I had Kananier projected way higher. I had him projected like 30% owned. Oh, yeah. That, that's, I could have told you that was way off. No. Yeah. Well, it's because in, in the algorithm and the way that I was going about it, because I'm still learning about like some of the different nuances of projecting MMA. So I'm leaning a lot on the actual, actual algorithm, which is fine. It, it does pretty well. But I didn't need to make some adjustments where I I manually pushed up Sean O'Malley because he was getting steamed everywhere and, and he had like a, an odds boost for a knockout or something like that and so that that one was easy to see coming. I had uh, Duplessis projected at fifty percent owned, which was fine. I had Hallway at like fifty, but if if I have Kananye lower, then I likely end up pushing up uh, Vulcan a bit, like Volk a little bit. And I end up pushing down, let's see. No, then I end up pushing up a little bit on Jalen Turner. So I, I was low on those guys like you were uh, just because of things. But I, I thought this one was kind of hard to project. This this was my worst week so far in terms of projecting ownership out of four weeks. Uh, well, in the past in the past two weeks, uh, my, my, my uh, MLB experiment is going well. Oh, yeah. How's that going? Let's see the graphs. Right here's the here's the graph right now. Yeah. Right. I mean, I I lost yesterday, but but I mean, I, like even two weeks, this is a very small sample size. Mm-hmm. But if you could tell here, just going to the cohort cohort uh, category, 
Like, as I expect, I mean, this is a two-week sample, so that doesn't mean that, that doesn't mean that much. Like, the main amount of volume you see is here in this league format. Yeah. Right? Some of some of them are technically winner-take-alls. I mean, it separates it. But this league format is three-mans, five-mans type of thing. So most of the volume is in that. So, like, 39% in, in the money. Because it also includes three-mans and five-mans. So, like, yeah. five-mans... You know, 20% minus the rake would be break even, and three mans would be 33% minus the rake. So this is a combination of the both. So 15% ROI in that. But if you see 44% inside the money, in the money for triple ups, right? Remember, the goal is that, you know, with the rake, that's like you need to like 38% in the money to, to break even. And I'm playing lineups that are going to be different than what like half the field is playing mm -hmm. but it shows up i mean this is two weeks I, like this doesn't mean anything but, uh in trying to play all those head-to-heads like as a matrix head-to-heads are i mean essentially break even yeah right double ups are fine because double ups actually pay more than half the field um play pay less than half the field so i i sur surmise that maybe they could be a little bit profitable being different a little but the head-to-heads I know aren't. And the re and the main reason I'm playing head-to-heads, uh, number one, just to see that, is to check lineups. Like every slate, I play three-mans and five-mans, head-to-heads, all these contests. And I just want to, all the, the regulars, I'm checking because I'm probably playing a $5 head-to-head -head against someone that's all, I'm also playing in a three-man, that I'm also playing in a triple-up, that I'm also playing in a double-up. And just go across and go, are they playing the lineup in all in all of these contests at once? Yeah. Not everyone does, but most do. Yeah. But just going through and seeing that. So the worst case scenario, I'm slightly negative EV in head-to-heads. But I'm just gathering data just to make just to make sure. Because if they're not playing the same, I mean, if they're playing slightly different lineups, then I can't then I can't be as you know predictably different. And and I've also found James on FanDuel. It's much. It's I don't want to say it's much harder to beat, but it's much harder to be different. Oh, okay. Why is that? Uh, because the pricing is softer. Yeah. So like so like picture on DraftKings, on DraftKings, because the pricing tends to be tighter. Uh. You can make a lot of combinations of lineups that project within two points of each other, mm -hmm. especially on a larger slate. So you take, you know, a nine game, 10 game, 14 game, who knows? So like, while you're either paying up like Freddie Freeman or Shoei Otani's at first base, but you could always play Vlad Guerrero for 500 less for a half a point less and then use that 500 to spend it and so you're not punting completely at second base with Lurie Garcia or something, and then you're paying you have Gorman or something. Like, like there's a lot of because the pricing is tighter, there's a lot more swaps available that don't sacrifice that much projection. But on FanDuel, a lot of the time it's like, well, well, Max Muncie's 2400 <laughs> right i mean a lot of times well, you, it, do. you can't you can't right right a lot of, a lot of times you're sitting there and it's like well cole halhoun is 2300 yeah and the rangers have a 5.4 run total and he's batting four like and he's still 24 and send that and Semyon's 3000 and seager's 3200 and you're like wondering like why haven't they priced these people up like and then anytime you try to take those types of players out of your lineup you sacrifice two and a half points Oh, yeah. Okay. So it's like, well, I got to keep that person. And then next thing you know, you're keeping half your lineup, more than half your lineup. So unless it's on a slate where there's like the pitching is very close to each other, where you could swap out pitchers, a lot of times uh, on, on FanDuel, I either have to play a lineup that is much more closer to expected lineups from my opponents which is still fine because I still find pretty bad players on FanDuel also. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the second thing is that on FanDuel, I play some of these three, these five bands, especially. And like the other day, I think on Friday, I played a lineup that was, I in order to get different enough, 
on FanDuel, I had to like I had to like lose like four and a half points of projection. There's a little bit more than I was normally doing because it's like, well, I'm gonna be playing a two v two because FanDuel's pricing is too soft. Yeah. Right. I'm gonna end up playing all the same the same guys as BK Reader and McLaughlin. I, I know what their lineups are gonna be, pretty much. Uh so I'm like, okay, well, I'll how about if I get rid of this guy? Okay, I don't mind giving up one point, two points in projection. I kind of got my little, you know, I kind of extended my my threshold. So I ended up being like a 5v5 off of like those two guys that are regs there and some of the other regs there. One, barely, mm-hmm. uh, in three mans against one or two of them. But in so, I, I was playing five mans where my lineup compared to the the regs in in head to heads right like I because I'm playing head to heads also so I could see all the lineups compared to I, I'm like I'm like three and a half four points below in projection compared to the regs and the five man I was I, I went through some five mans and I, I looked at their lineups I looked I I calculated their lineups and it's like my lineup which is four points lower projected than the regs is three points higher than the be- next best lineup in my five man. Also, like so, like I, I have the best projected lineup, even in a five-man contest with without the without the the regs in it. So, like the byproduct on FanDuel is that if I don't, if I can't get that as different in those three mans, like I think there's enough there's enough weak players that even if I'm only a three v three or two v two and not a five v five or sixty six, I think the return is still positive just as long as I can contest select and find the right contest to play that. I, I feel like on FanDuel, I'm playing more. Uh, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm utilizing more of a find the weak opponent strategy. Yeah. Well, on DraftKings, I almost feel like I want to play against, like I'm purposely going in and playing three mans against people that I, that are playing the, the optimal, they're playing a projected optimal. And in the three and five, in the three mans, five mans type of stuff, triple ups on DraftKings, that is turning out to be very successful. Of course, when I lose, I I, I lose everything. I mean, like yeah. either I beat the line, the most likely lineups, or I don't. Uh, but on FanDuel, there's a lot of value. Even even if I don't, it's it's a weird thing. I can either just play the projected optimal and just find the weak component and just just do that. I'll end up with a lot of one v ones, two v twos against a lot of the regs, or I I, I just go down to a four v four, and I'm seems like I'm beating some of these contests anyway. Yeah, it wouldn't be the it, truthfully, it's not the most plus EV thing to do. I mean, if I have a choice, if I'm playing against four opponents, and I'm playing a lineup that's three points higher projected, better, why shouldn't I be playing a lineup that's seven points higher projected? I mean, like like technically, I should be doing that. Really, technically, what I should be doing is, is having two different lineups. Yeah. Right? I technically, I should, that. like, the contest that I'm in, like, a, a three-man with two regs, this is that lineup where I'm trying to go 5v5, and the line is where I find all the schmucks, and I just play the projected optimal lineup and just whatever it is, it is. Yeah, I was going to say that, but, I mean, at this point, you're getting into um, how much time do you want to dedicate to to that, right? And, and that's it's what it comes down to. that much time. It's not, I mean... No, no, it's not that much time. But as you as you do that, then eventually you're gonna be like, oh well, you know, then if I do this, then I'm gonna be able to raise it even farther. And it, it just it goes into the point of uh, how much time do you want to take spending your contest selection. And obviously, you as a DFS pro, like you're here to make money, so it doesn't it doesn't really matter to you. But to, to people watching, eventually it does come into a time commitment thing where if you are need if if the need to go through all the contests and make up to three different lineups based on the contest that you're in for something that's considered cash games. Um, some people might not see that as valuable. Uh, obviously it is. It just depends on how much time you're willing to dedicate to it. Now on DraftKings, it just seems like it's just, it's just easier to just go in and make the lineup that you want to make. And then you can likely just use that across the board. FanDuel, uh, we know that FanDuel is soft. We know that, the, that not only is the competition softer on FanDuel, but the, the pricing is significantly softer. So people are punished harder for making worse lineups. So, yeah, probably on FanDuel, what you're doing is you're saying, all right, well, if I'm facing okay opponents, it, it goes back to what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago. It, it might have been last week where 
you might you might want to only face strong opponents on DraftKings, and you might want to only face only weak, face opponents, weak on opponents on FanDuel. Which right. is fine. that that does that does make the most that does make logical sense with the, the way the pricing is on both sides. That mm-hmm. that there's with the pricing that week, just exploit other people's mistakes. While on DraftKings, I'm just exploiting knowing what other people's lineups are. Yeah, but have, yeah, but I can't. But the thing is, on DraftKings, I have I can't be playing double ups and head to heads. Right. Could only be three mans, five mans, triple ups, quintuple ups. Right. So Vandal, it, it feels like I could even get I could get away with the with the even with my lineups in some of the double ups because mm-hmm. enough people are making mistakes. I'll, dude, a lot. There's some there 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 have been several times this past week where I've X'd out players that are like, okay, I'm running these lineups. These are going to be the most used players in cash lineups. Take out this, this guy, take out a couple of guys, right? As I go down, down in projection. And then I look and I go like, like one of the guys that I, I had most likely in probably at least a third of the lineups in like a double up, he was going to be 35% on a double ups ends up coming in at 12% on fa- this is FanDuel on DraftKings. I'm almost always right, but FanDuel will be like, well, 12% only 12% of people played this. What, whoever they got, Josh Donaldson, yeah. like, who the hell are people playing at third base? And then you go down, it's like no one is chalky at third base, it's like everyone's playing slightly different people. I'm like, like, dude, I on this slate, either you paid down for, for Donaldson or you paid up for Devers, and then that's it. Yeah. Why? Why is Devers only twenty two percent owned, which is the highest owned third baseman, and Donaldson's twelve percent owned? I'm like, what is everyone else doing? And it's right. a double up. But the thing is, the twenty two and twelve percent, it's like to find Devers or Donaldson those lineups. It's all the anyone that I would recognize is playing. Have right. have those people, yeah. right? So it's like I go through and I see I see the people that are in all the cash games all the time. I go, okay, what do they have? Donaldson. What does he have? Devers, Donaldson, De- like, but then I go, okay, I've never seen this person before, and they have who knows, who knows, Matt Chapman or something, you know, like, and you look at their lineup and you go, it's like, they're all five percent owned and, and double up. It's like this looks more like my lineup, <laughs> right? It's almost, but it projects even worse because even the play, like, even the eight players are there that are, aren't even, like, my lineup still projects five points higher than that lineup, but yeah. it's like. You look through and and, and I, I I see that and I go, well, what happens if I didn't X out Donaldson or Devers? And I looked like I could have had like a two point higher, better lineup, and it wouldn't have been as overlapped as it would have been slightly more overlapped with a third of the field, but two thirds of the field didn't have them at all. Yeah. So like I was fine. That that's what I find more of that on FanDuel. On DraftKings, I get I I mean DraftKings to me is not I'm it should be harder monetarily. But it's easier to, as far as prediction is concerned of like, like I, I, I've been in three, I mean, I've been in three mans where my two opponents have duped each other. Like a lot. Yeah. Right. My two, or, or I, I have, I have two opponents that are a, a 2v2 at mm-hmm. best. And I'm a 6v6. And I look at their lineups and I go, as long as so-and-so and so-and-so doesn't have a good game, I probably beat both of these lineups. Mm-hmm. Right, I, I need one home run that they don't have, and I have five shots for it, and they 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 have to get all of their players correct. Right, right, because they're all like like I get into those situations on DraftKings, which also means that like if I put a thousand bucks into DraftKings, I'm more likely to only get back two hundred mm-hmm. or win more because if I beat those types of lineups, I beat most of those types of lineups. Right. Well, on FanDuel, it just seems like there's a lot more of a hodgepodge. Like, yeah. I don't know what people are doing. I mean, other than the regulars, which I, I mean, I could... FanDuel, it's almost easier. Like, the ease, for for the amount of the regulars, but not not enough uh, regs play the three-mans and five-mans. Head-to-heads, yeah. they do. I see a lot. I see, when it comes to double-ups and head-to-heads, that's true. I see plenty. I, I You'll see a train of 18 lineups that all are the same. Yeah. And then another train of seven, like something like that. But as far as like in the, in the, in the non double up head deads, you know, you don't see many of those crossing over to that as opposed to DraftKings where you, that primarily you see that. Yeah. 
Right, third the thirty-one uh, triple-up lineups are are I'm, I'll probably be able to find twenty-seven of my opponents in also in the double-up, mm-hmm. in the large in the largest double in the nine hundred man whatever double-up, and I look at both I look at both lineups and out out of the twenty-seven like twenty-five are the same. So here's an interesting question for you because you said that you've been playing the head-to-heads and and double-ups to see if people are playing the same lineup across those and triple-ups, right? What have you what have you noticed, if anything, is the largest difference that people are making between their head to heads? Not not much. It's it's a it's a two v two difference. Okay. It's and a two it's, v, not... it's a two it's it's a two v two difference on uh DraftKings mm-hmm. and really nothing a, a fan duel occasionally for the hundred mans, it'll just be a stacked lineup. Oh, okay. Okay. For the hundred uh, for the hundred mans, but the twenty mans and the ten mans don't really change much. But you just get on fan, the, the thing about sure. Fanduel is not not all the double up and and, and head dead players play those contests. So a lot of times you're playing a ten man and you only recognize three people in it, mm-hmm. right? And the other the other six are just random. I don't even I don't remember who they are. Yeah. And they're playing who knows what, and they're typically playing GPP style lineups, but it pays three out of ten. And a lot of times their lineups project for 11 points lower than mine. Mm-hmm. And I'm being different as it is because the other two people are two are, are, are two people that have essentially the same one. So FanDuel's a little bit yeah. different, but, dra- right. but, dra- but DraftKings, the differences between, like, I typically, if you're playing three mans and five mans and triple ups and quintuple ups, you're going to pretty much see the same subset style of lineup. Yeah. So even if you went by an ownership perspective, didn't even look at the individual lineups, the t- concentration of ownership would be similar. Yeah. FanDuel, that do- it doesn't work out that way. No, FanDuel, it's it's. But it's primarily only because of there's more there's weak players just seem to get into contests. Right. Way more often, you're not playing you're not playing a five man against four of the other regs. You're playing a five man against one or two of them, and then two random people. Mm-hmm. That have lineups that I, I look at and go, I don't know how you clicked on this. Yeah, well, it's because they're, they're not, they don't have this, uh, a cash process that is repeatable. Most people who are building cash games are just like, may, maybe they're building lineups that are high projected, maybe because they're no, looking. No, they're not building lineups. Well, that are high well, no, they're looking at lineups. They're looking at projections, or they're looking at something that is telling them that these are good plays. So highly projected, but not optimized. That so like, true. That, it seems more like more the fact that they're just they just close their eyes and push whatever buttons. I mean, I'm serious on FanDuel. I mean, they're not. I mean, they're not hard. They're not playing like injured players, players that aren't mm-hmm. even starting. But like on on a slate where like one pitcher projects for like nine points higher than the next pitcher, and he's like a 10-4, and it's like. In double ups, he's ninety-two percent owned, and then in five mans, it's like me and the two regs. I'll have him, and then some other guy has like someone else that's like a thousand less that projects for nine points low. And I go, why, 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 why aren't you play, why aren't you playing why aren't you playing Corbin Burns? Like why? Yeah. Then you look at the red, and then it's like, okay, so he paid down a pitcher so he could get up to Acuna, and he goes, nope, he doesn't even have Acuna in the line. And I'm like, like, how did you build this lineup? Yeah. Like because because we have Corbin Burns and Acuna and Judge in our lineup, and you look at their lineup, they spend less on pitcher and have neither of those two guys. They paid up at shortstop for someone and Lindor second ba- like, and second they paid up at second base for Jazz Chisel on on Miami and and, and would they have a three point seven total on a fourteen game slate? And you're just sitting there going. Like, how did these lineups get me? I don't, I don't know. I plug their lineup in and I go, geez, this lineup projects like 14, 15 points lower. Mm-hmm. And half of it is the pitcher. It's like, good luck. Good luck guy. Right. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm playing, a, and I'm playing a five V five off of the two other people in the contest. And my lineup is only three points lower projected than theirs. And then this person's lineup is 11 points lower projected than mine. Well, it's because you're starting with this is something that I tell people. Um, you're you start with the 
the lineup, right? And what you're doing is you're starting with the lineup and then you're working backwards. Whereas other people aren't starting with the lineup. They're just building a lineup. Right. So if you never start with the lineup, then you don't know what you need to compete against. That's important. I don't think they have, they have, I don't even think they get to that point. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's, They're just and, building a lineup. Going, oh, I can beat these people. Let me pull the lineup together. Yeah. It, it's such an important concept. And like I, I preach it in uh in small field too. Like you're starting with what these stacks are going to be. Like here's the pitcher. Here's the second pitcher on DraftKings. It's SP1, SP2 main stack. There you go. Like what is going to be the main thing that people are building and then pivot somewhere. Pivot secondary stack, pivot your second pitcher, pivot it, you know, the way that you build the main stack, whatever. That's small field. You don't have to be insane to, to build a lineup for small field and, and still have like something that's competitive and different. Large field is where you can just whatever. Build something right. good. Especially in MLB. Yeah. Yeah. In, in MLB specifically, just build something good. Uh, Daniel Hutchins in chat says it would be interesting to revisit triple up and couple up strategy for NFL showdown. In NFL, it may be the case that there's a much higher drop-off in projection near the top in certain contests. Yes, I could see that. I could see there none, that one, once you start going down in line, lineups, the projection should drop a little bit more dramatically. Yeah, massively. Right. In MLB, they're just so much easier to get different because every, pretty much all players have the same opportunities. Well, and every, every hitter in like a long-term projection model is somewhere between like five and 12 fantasy points. Right. Like somewhere in that range. Whereas in, in NFL, like you're, well, you're it's, a, it's, like, it's, opportunities. it's yeah. like, if, if, if you're a wide receiver that has a hundred, that gets targets and whatever, and, and is on the field, you'll have more opportunities than someone that is the fifth wide receiver that, isn't even on, if he's not in the field, he can't get points. I do. I mean, I don't know. I do think that it would work almost as well in NFL during like a, a Sunday main slate. Almost. You're yeah, still going to be talking about, about showdown specifically. Yeah, I, I know. I'm getting there. But, but now Sunday main. No, why? Why this should work for? I mean, this all. I mean, all you're doing is exploiting the the, the laziness kind of of other people. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're exploiting the laziness without giving up too much win equity. Right. And that's that's the important part of like you still need to have like a 45% chance to win this contest. Right. You, right. You still you can't need go to down far enough where where you're not profitable anymore. And that can be hard on some NFL slates if we have, you know, pricing comes out and then we end up getting two backup running backs. It's like that's gonna that's gonna be hard to get different in right. NFL. Well, same thing for basketball. Like I I was uh, yeah, basketball, that. basketball, this would not work in basketball. No, no, this could no. It's just that it's more likely you're more likely to be different on slates where there's not like an immense value, mm -hmm. and also uh, as far as late swap, there's a lot more work involved because yeah. late swap still you you'll still need to do late. You may not have to swap out 150 lineups, but you still have to be aware of what the hell's going on for the entire yeah. night. My my inclination would be that this would not work in basketball. I like I think that like in theory, sure it would still work, but I think in practice in practice it, you'll end up with the same lineup a lot of times because it's like, oh, this guy's out and that guy's out and this and there's five underpriced players. That, yeah, there's, you there's can't five not players. play any of them without dropping too much projection for you like, just you like, have to start with like these five to six players and then you have you can two v two and then we're down to a two v two again. Right. There you go. Yeah. And and even if you have that two v two, you might have to late swap and it, in practice, I don't think that it would work in NBA. I think in practice, it's difficult in NFL. In showdown, that's a very interesting uh, thing. I, I do think that because in showdown, you really only would need to push to a 2v2 or a 3v3. Right, because so many people are going to be playing the same exact way. Yeah, there's one very obvious cash game lineup in showdown most of the time for every showdown. I, right, I typically maybe two or three at most. Yeah. So I do think that there would be there's probably some upside in having a two v two or three v three and and especially MLB if you wanted to be enough of a degenerate to be doing this for MLB Showdown, I think that you would have a lot of opportunity in just switching out. You you don't even have to be a, you don't have to be more than a two v two and a swap at captain for MLB Showdown. Right. Um. That there's likely significant upside for that. That is if you want to 
Like, I think you would have to specifically dedicate to that rather than dedicating to that as well as main slate stuff. Because if you're doing them with this with showdowns, you're going to need a sample, baby. You're, you're going right. to need it. But also, this, remember, this all applies if you can predict your opponent's lineups. Right. Yeah. You can't, then none of this means anything. Yeah. You can't get strategically different without knowing what different is. Right. Uh, last last thing on on the, the this weird weird subject, but it goes into the the the, the had had the, the thinking aspect. Yeah, it has nothing to do. It it has to do with DFS, but it has nothing to do with DFS. Last night on on Twitter, James, I uh, I, I tweeted because uh, I the Umbrella Academy new season came out, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I was going through some Netflix stuff, and then it's like okay. Maybe maybe I need to put more recommendations in my queue or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So so I so I tweeted I tweeted this out. The best series I've seen on Netflix the past two years or so, and I listed ten. I put in queue. I put these four in queue, and they said any recommendations. Now from a let let me just say that it's like the the Pareto's principle, like twenty twenty eighty percent of the. Uh, usefulness of the responses came from 20% of the people. Yeah, always. Because yeah. Uh, I, f- I feel like, it, I mean, I got a lot of replies, obviously. People are like, I got this, 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 this. Uh, I do this, and then the first 10 replies, I'm like, okay, whatever. And then after like 100 or so, then it's like, it, it, it just cements the fact of like either people don't read, people don't listen, people don't think, people don't like if you if I showed you this the first the first the first thing that I'm telling I'm talking through my thought process. Yeah. Of how and this this applies to learning DFS. This applies to playing DFS. Trust me. If I look if, if you read this, James, mm-hmm. which you probably did. Best series I've seen, here's the 10, the past two years. Here's what's in my queue. Any recommendations? Yeah. What 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 would you believe my the goal of my post is? Uh to find some series that you could add to your queue that fit the things that you're interested in. Oh wow, that second part. Wow. <laughs> it's almost like if you went through the list and you go like, like, okay, the past two years. So what what would okay? Two things. If it's in my queue, do I need people to tell me how great it is? Uh, probably not. You, you, are, you, you are already if I, if I purposely put in queue, yeah. right? So I have a list, and it says in queue. Let's just say I got like two or three responses of people recommending me the things that are in my queue. Like literally, like why isn't Ozark on this list? I'm like, you... why can't you read? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that, but but that's what I mean. It's like once, like you didn't even take the time to, no, because I didn't see it. And then you also have this. Uh, uh, several people suggested Black Mirror to me. What would here's second level thinking? Yeah. Why wouldn't you need to uh, suggest Black Mirror to me? Based all all the information you have is my tweet. Yeah. So why wouldn't you have to recommend Black Mirror to me? Uh, Black Mirror is a very popular show, and you have very likely already looked into it, and it would be in your queue if you thought that it was worth your time. Mm. That's my thought on it. Now, how about how about looking at the fact that a Black Mirror episode is not? Oh, oh, yeah, over the past it has not come years. out in the last two years, right? Yeah, right. You, so, you like, based on my my my, if you take a look, a lot I have half of my list are like science fictiony, yeah, dark type of things. So, most likely, I've seen Black Mirror. Yeah, it just I, it hasn't come out in the past. The Travelers I, is another one. As a person who has absolutely no concept of time. That part eluded me. Right. So continue. That's, I'm not that's saying you're like stupid that. if you suggest it, but that would be the read. Like, like yeah. thinking, piecing the things together of like, most likely someone that has this list mm-hmm. probably has watched any. Because I mean, like Maniac, Russian Doll, Umbrella, like a lot of time travel stuff. Yeah. 
in here. Then you have like like Money Heist and Lupine are kind of similar to each other. Love is is kind of an outlier. Which was which like is why I said that you very likely already looked into Black Mirror. So if it's not there, then you're not interested. But in the past two years, so right? In the past two, right? In the past two years, yeah. but most likely, like either I've watched it and it doesn't make the top ten. Or it's not the past two years because that's why that's why I said the past two. If I didn't put that in, then I'd be putting I could have anything that's on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, right. And then people are also suggesting uh, shows that aren't on Netflix. Why isn't so and so on the list? Well, because it's not on Netflix. Because it right. says I've seen on Netflix. I'm not saying you can't recommend something that's not on Netflix. But that's why it's on the list. But that's why it's not on the list, right? Like that's 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 the point. It's like people respond back with why isn't it on the list, and then. Also, do I care, if you looked at this, do I care about what you like? <laughs> no. Well, I mean, you don't care about what I like, even if you're not asking me about movies or right. shows. But I'm just saying, or, or people, people say, oh, the best stuff is, uh, uh, I expected people to say, watch what's in your queue. Well, yeah, well, Ozark Stranger Things and Squid Game like the three most like watched things so like yeah. i'm expecting from a sample size from the audience that that's what most people are going to say and that's why they're in my they're in my queue because of they're being talked up not because yeah. i them good dark is the only one that's in there because people that i respect their taste have recommended it and it's not something that's widely viewed right so it's already so i didn't want people to say well if you like this you'll like dark because i've had people that's looked at this list would say, well, if you like those, you like dark. It's like, yeah, that's why in the queue, what else you got for me? And then you got people with like, you, you look through the number one uh, I got was Peaky Blinders. <laughs> okay. That's the number one suggested show I got Peaky mm -hmm. Blinders. Yeah. And to everyone that suggested Peaky Blinders, what about this list would tell me that I want to watch a gangs of New York series? <laughs> Like genre wise, like like Alice in Borderland, close. Okay, that's on my that's on my list. Al, Al, Alex Baker tweeted Alice in Borderland, so I'm like, okay, someone that like there's a select group of people that it's like that did the assignment. Of like, <laughs> here are the best series. Here's what I believe are the best series I've seen in the past two years. Here's what's already in my queue. Can you recommend something? And then would say, well, if you like the people that reply, well, if you like that, you'll like this. Even if it's on another service, I'm fine with that. Also, right? It's a, but when people are like, why, why isn't, uh, why isn't so and so on? Well, because, or, or, what they'll, they'll recommend, uh, 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 don't look up. Have you seen Don't Look Up? Um, it's like, yeah, I've seen Don't Look Up. Too bad it's a movie, and these are the best series I've seen on Netflix. I'm looking for a series. Am I am I being very pedantic here? I think you're being quite pedantic, but that's okay. You really think so? I do. I well, no. Okay, so it's, but these, it's are, just... but these are the types of things that, like, as far as uh, organizing information, that's why I'm bringing it right. back to DFS. It's like here is the information you have, and deducting, like, well, what fits? I mean, just simple. I mean, this is like a, like a first grade exercise, of. Given the information you have, and you have these 20 blocks or 20 words, what fits in here? It's like, well, well, don't look up. Well, it's not a series, so like you have to eliminate it. And it's like, well, how about Severance? Well, it's not on Netflix. That's why it's not on the list, right? Uh, why not Black Mirror? Because it's not the past two years. Like, you're just, why wouldn't you recommend Ozark? Well, because it's already in the queue. Like, it's just processing information and going, well, based on the information that you have, what would be appropriate? What would be valid responses? Yeah. Now I'm not yelling at other people. At I mean, I, this this isn't a, a thing where like oh other people are stupid, but to me this is the way that I process information. So like when I when I berate other people, it's like I'm very literal, very like every word means something. So like everything was put in here for a reason. Yes, it, it'd be like, some people are like, yeah, just watch what's in your queue. Okay, that's that's not a bad response. At least they read it. But the people that are recommending things that are literal, like why isn't Squid Game on this list? Like it is on the list. Like you didn't read. 
So those that so in playing DFS, that's the why didn't you look at the projections? Mm-hmm. Right? So to me, it's like if you can't solve a simple issue as this, like how are you gonna balance projection leverage correlation? Right. Like to me, to me, I I viewed I mean, I didn't originally. I mean, this just came down to okay, whatever. And then once I saw like Peaky Blinders, Peaky Blinders, Peaky Blinders, why isn't Black Mirror on the list? Oh, you should really watch why isn't these four shows that aren't on Netflix on this list? Why, why haven't you watched this movie yet? And like, like I really enjoyed this thing. And I like, like that has, I don't like the genre at all. It's like, well, I like the genre. It's like, well, I didn't ask you what you like. Right. <laughs> right. I just go through that and I go, well, it seems like these are the same people that it's like, how, how do you not understand that this fantasy points projection is a 50th percentile outcome and not a prediction of what's going to happen? So when, when Byron Buxton doesn't score exactly 11.77 points today, the projection is wrong. It's because the information is there, but it's not written out. Right. Right? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, looking at the tweet, the inform- all the information you need, I could have I written, I really, I really enjoy, I really enjoyed these, I would even have to piece them together. Right. I really enjoy the Umbrella Academy, the OA, Into the Night, Maniac, Russian Doll, right? Sci-fi-ish, time traveler, whatever. Is there anything else that that uh, I should look into? Like, I'm piecing out the question that, but what ends up happening, why I don't do it that way is because maybe there's other, maybe there's stuff that's not so narrow into that, that I'd rather get a little bit wider. Like, okay, well, like Queen's Gambit doesn't really fit into any of this. Love really doesn't fit into any of this. But if someone saw love and go, well, if you like love, you'll like this. Yeah. And like I got like atypical and the end of the end of the effing world, which are both actually in my queue from a long time ago. It's just that they're so like not as known that I didn't even put them in. Cause but when someone said that, I'm like, okay. And I said, Yeah, I've had them in my queue for like four years and I haven't watched. I mean, it's haven't got to it. Right. Haven't gone to it. But I could see. It's like, well, if you like these things, maybe you like that. Okay. Okay. I'll, at least I have that. But if I just said, oh, I, I like I like Into the Night, anything that's close to that, uh, the only thing people are going to do, very similar to projections and prediction, is like, well, they're just going to look narrowly like that, right? Mm-hmm. So on a baseball slate, they're going to look and go, uh, uh, do, I play the, do I play the Twins? I'll play the Twins and the Dodgers together. And then you can, it's like, well, What's the projection versus ownership and everything like that? It's like, well, it was Dodgers and Twins today. And then the next day they go back and go, I don't know what teams to play. Right? Because it's so narrow. They go to another sport. And it's like, well, you haven't you haven't taken what you've learned. Mm-hmm. Like, like, no, I'm not just looking. Like, people would, it's the same thing as going, well, if nothing is exactly like Into the Night, I shouldn't bother recommending it. Right? It's like, no, anything that's within that realm it's typically fine, which is like taking one sport concept and moving into another sport. Am I am I stretching here? Uh, I think he, I, I think it works. It's fine. It works. Yeah, I, I think that the uh, the important thing here, when it comes to deducing information, um, that there's multiple different applications to it. You can either use this example as a way to say that. What you should be doing is you should be looking at the things that other people are doing, like say Blender. Blender one day stacked the Twins and the Yankees or whatever, uh, and then instead of just saying, "Oh, well, he's only going to stack the Twins and the Yankees," you should look for the reason why he liked the Twins and the Yankees, and then use that as the way that you base information moving forward. And as you gain more information on the things that he likes and the things that he stacks. You're going to be better at putting together this, putting together similar combinations in the future of things that would fit that genre, right? Right? Does that work? I guess so. Maybe it was just a way for me to complain about people's suggestions. I think that it was more of a way of you uh, being able to go to Twitter and be like, "Look at all these people that recommended bad things to me and gave bad answers." No, no, there were plenty of people that recommended good things. Twenty percent, right? Yeah, right. And then 80% who uh, just recommended Peaky Blinders. Right. 
Right, Pinky Black. Right. Really, though, in in response to this Mind Hunter, if you haven't watched it, yeah, I've I've already watched it. God, it's so good. Uh, what what's the what 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 was the key? Two that's a that's a series from before the pandemic. Right. Right. Yeah. So they, and, and they canceled they canceled the third season, which is just the biggest bummer. Right. Uh so it didn't make my it didn't make my list because it's not the past two years, and it probably wouldn't have probably even made my list even if I included the past three. Years. Oh, you don't think so? You didn't like it? Uh, my 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 wife watched it primarily. Yeah. No, I it was it was fine. Just like I I, I view the same with the travelers. The travelers okay. was enjoy. It was it's like a new take on Quantum Leap. Almost. It's fine. It's good. Right? It's fine. Yeah. But even that on the is. bottom of the list, like even like you know like like I like even the Umbrella Academy. It's like. For its genre, it's above average. Umbrella Academy is really good, but it's but it's not great. Yeah, you I, uh, on the other hand, you was great. It it has been harder for me. Like I third season, not so much, but the first two seasons definitely. I, I won't get into a into a thing here about the things I like to watch. We're we're pretty much out of time, but maybe one other day do a podcast where we talk about the things that we like on Netflix. Wonder. Right. Maybe, maybe that's what we're going to put into the next theory DFS book. We're just going to have an entire chapter about things that we like on Netflix. Right. That they do. The only thing, the only thing that, uh, that is um, for, as far as comedy is concerned, it's like, and someone, and someone actually, actually made the suggestion. I didn't know this guy. I'm, I'm so out of the loop that uh, the best, the best suggestion I got yesterday was how to with John Wilson on HBO Max. Oh, okay. Because Nathan Fielder is the executive producer. Ah. So once, once I didn't, I didn't know that. So like, that is that that automatically goes to the top of my list. Well, there because you go. Nathan for you, I think, is one of the greatest comedy series ever. Yeah, yeah. In the history of ever, I mean, like me, like my, I don't laugh at much. <laughs> Right, because well, because I did comedy. Like I get, it's like right. a magician looking at a magic trick. I mean, like yeah. I know how this is done. Yeah. So I need to. I only the really, really good comics are the ones that are really edgy or surprising. Mm-hmm. And that that that's that. Where you I, can't I, see it coming. I I understand. I, I totally. Nathan, for you, I I was uh, some episodes. I I laughed so hard I was crying on the floor. Mm-hmm. Like it was it was that it was that hilarious. People, some people won't get it. But like, like it, it it's it's very it's if it, it's it's a mix of like uh, like bar rescue meets uh, uh, Borat. Oh okay. But I, I, to me, it's a it, it, like if to me, I don't even view your comedic tastes as anything unless unless you've seen that show, <laughs> right? Like like that like it's like how do you how do you how do you not come out of that that show and go go that 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 was. Uh, stupid at times, mm-hmm. but like, good luck predicting anything. Like, from a comedic perspective, like that's a show where it's like, I know this is going to be really stupid and uh, and way out there, and I can't possibly predict what this is going to be. Yeah, like it, it, it's. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. Oh no, that that, that that you can't you can't come back on the show until you see it. Uh, all right, I will binge it the entire week. <laughs> It's on comedy. I don't know. It's streaming somewhere. It's only two seasons, I think. What's what's it called? Nathan for you. It's not. It's not a. It's not a. It's not a. It's not a recurring. It's like a. It's a show. Yeah. No. It's, so it's, it's like fine. you don't have to watch them one at a. I mean, like, it's not like oh, been there's cliffhangers. It's just it's the, it's it's, you know. It's just good. I get it. It's a mar- it's a, it's a comedian playing a marketing guru trying to help actual small businesses in getting customers through extremely. Like just screwed up ways. This is literally your entire wheelhouse. It's totally, it's totally my entire. <laughs> yeah, that's that's literally all of the. But, it, but it's meant for comedic fodder. It's not meant to be real. Yeah. The people, the business owners think it's real. It's one of those types of shows where the business owner thinks it's real. They doesn't know that he's a comedian, obviously, yeah. because no one. He's a Canadian comedian that no one really knew. He couldn't do it anymore, past a certain point, because people recognize the show. Yeah. Okay. So there, there's. So we talked about a lot of stuff. Talked about yeah. Excel tools. Talked about three mans and five mans and exploiting contest differences, DraftKings and FanDuel. Talked about movies and series and tweets. We talked about the theory of DFS. 
How to think like a professional DFS player. Go pick up the 15-hour audio masterclass. Get it. Get get this one before the, uh, the sequel comes out. You'll have to get through 15 hours of this before you can get to the next 10 to 15 hours. So go to theoryofdfs.com. James Paydirt underscore DFS on Twitter. Yeah, Paydirt underscore DFS on Twitter. Uh, and then if you want to go find all of the cool stuff that I produce, you can go to paydirtdfs.com. Uh, I did yesterday add a, uh, AD, an ADP sheet for uh, NFL best ball. So building out some some NFL tools as well. Uh, that stuff's going to be part of the free research stuff that I'm offering up now too. So um, go ahead and go check all that out. And yeah, just really excited to, to build out the rest of these tools for the, for the new edition. Okay. Uh, tomorrow, uh, Tuesday, we, we got base, we got baseball. We got baseball today. We got grinders live later today. I think, uh, uh, FanDuel has a six ten slate. They're including the earlier game and DraftKings has a six forty slate. So I think grinders live is on maybe four thirty or four forty five Eastern. You'll see the thumbnail here on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button hit the notification bell to know when we go live give me those thummy thumbs on your way out the door then after that is uh crunch time uh with uh kevin roth and they'll tell you about the, i don't i don't know if there's any weather there's obviously weather but any bad weather right that'll affect games they'll covering you leading up to lock and then i'll be back i'll be back tomorrow and we'll be talking dfs strategy like i normally do here on the dfs pregame show on roto grinders dot com. <laughs>